Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. They're coming out of his beat six and seven. Top the ball versus Brendan Ace. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Well, the episode you've been waiting for, here it is. Supercoach 365, Ryan and Tommy back. And tonight, Tommy, we're revealing our teams. I guess traditionally, I can say traditionally, we've only done it once, but our biggest episode of the year. So everyone's obviously looking forward to this. We've spoken a lot of positions and team previews, but tonight's the night. Let's get it done. Yep, raring to go, mate. Uh, We speak for months, obviously, about everything, and it all comes down to this, really. What our team starts with at round one, and two weeks out, obviously, still a trial match to go. It could be some injuries, but barring that, I think we're both pretty keen on what we have so far. Yep, don't go anywhere. We'll get around to that very, very soon. Before that, let's chat some news, though, because some of this will obviously shape that conversation later tonight. I guess the big news this afternoon is Latrell Mitchell declared free to play from round two. Originally, that was round three, but they've they've been, the NRL has gone back and retrospectively counted that All-Stars fixture as a game that he's missing. So good news for Latrell and potentially good news for Latrell owners. Yeah, definitely. Um, I probably hadn't really thought of Latrell as much of an option to start the year, obviously missing the first two rounds. But, you know, now he's only missing the first week. I'd say the only negative still is the fact that he's coming back for round two, but he's got way to Melbourne. So it's not an easy fixture for him. Yeah, of course. And I guess it takes a little bit of gloss off that uh, round three game against the Roosters, South Sydney, of course, up against the old rivals. But good to have Latrell back a week early, and I think justice served in the end. So... Uh, we'll look forward to that. I guess elsewhere on the weekend, uh, some news around Ryan Pappenhausen. Speaking of gun fullbacks, he may be missing for round one. And that'll change the makeup of a lot of teams because I guess we've been on the uh, Tedesco-Pappenhausen train for some time now. And that may not be the case for us going forward. We'll reveal it very soon. But if he's out for round one, you've got to start asking questions of who is at your fullback slot. Yeah, it's a big talking point going into the first round. Uh, Craig Bellamy sort of dropping a bomb before the game the other day saying that perhaps may not be there for round one. So, look, fingers crossed he is, and they're just kind of playing it up for the media. But, yeah, if he's not there, going to have to do some serious rethinking. I guess a little bit comes, you know, with that as well. Some question marks around Nathan Cleary, and then obviously can we afford Tom Travojevic? 
Reese Walsh out as well for round one. Cameron Munster, Brandon Smith, Harry Grant. So some of these big names that you would have otherwise looked to, you just can't do it there. So interesting times ahead. And as we said, we'll get to our teams very soon. There's going to be a lot of interest, particularly around that fullback slot now that Latrell's back. So anyway, before we get into that, what about the West Tigers today announcing five captains? I mean, we've said our thoughts on the Tigers a couple of times here this year and particularly last year. I think just... This is just the shambles and just speaks to why the Tigers are in the place they're at. Yeah, it's, they're such a mean club, aren't they, the West Tigers? Um, if you had said at the start of the season one of the clubs will name five captains, I would have said West Tigers because it's just something the Tigers would do. Um, they really understand it. I think if I was uh, Madge or Tim Sheens, who was in charge, they would have picked maybe Adam Dewey as the captain going forward. He's obviously out for the first, you know, possibly half of the season, so it does put him in a bit of a tight spot, but... Yeah, I don't understand five captains. Maybe to go with their five home grounds. I like that. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter today. Um, no, it's. I mean, it's, it's strange though. You mentioned Dewey there. I think the fact that he's out. What does it say for James Tarmow though? Because he was obviously brought there to to bring some of that Penrith leadership and some grand final experience there with him. And I mean, he was there for one year and obviously played pretty poorly. So maybe they do look elsewhere. But the players they're looking to, Luke Brooks, he was almost out the door a couple of weeks ago as well. And Tyrone Peachy's just come in the door. So anyway, anyway, the West Tigers, that's that's the West Tigers for you. Yeah, uh, it's hard to fathom, really. I don't really, can't really think of any teams across history, successful teams who have had, you know, multiple captains or more than two anyway. So, yeah, I watched this space there. But, yeah, hopefully Adam Dewey, when he comes back, he'd become the, the main leader at the club, I think. I think, yeah, long-term he is their captain, yeah, if he wants to stick out there, that is. Uh, elsewhere up in Brisbane, Billy Walters uh, news today via Ben Dobbin of Triple M. He's got good connections there at, at the club and Pete Bedell as well, saying that Billy Walters will be the 5'8 for the Broncos. This caused a bit of a stir because, I mean, I came out on Instagram on our Supercoach 365. If you don't already follow it, you arced up. A couple of others arced up, and they were more than happy to tell me in the DMs that, you know, maybe I was a bit harsh. But you seem to think that this is the right call for Brisbane with Walters at six? Look, I don't know. I don't think Billy Walters is a star. And I know you're going to say in a sec that he couldn't really cut it at the Tigers, which isn't a great sign, but... I think you also need to look at the opposition that he's beating out for the sixth jersey. You know, they've only got Tyson Gamble, Albert Kelly, Ezra Mam. These aren't big names. So while it's not a star appointment, he's not really beating a lot of quality players to get there. Yeah, I guess that's um, one thing that's working in his favour or working against everyone else competing for that spot is it's just there's no real standout. And for the Broncos, and Adam Reynolds particularly, he's gone there. He's probably looking for some stability at six and two weeks out. They don't really know who their six is or... Yeah, I mean, I've had my thoughts on Billy Walters. I said to you yesterday, does he have a contract this year if his dad's not the coach at Brisbane? I mean, he was cut from the storm. He, he couldn't cut it there. Understandably, behind Munster and Hughes, I, I can cop that. But you go to the West Tigers and you can't make the 17. Yeah, anyway. Uh, Gamble was in the same boat a couple of years ago. He left the Tigers as well. So they're scraping the barrel, the Broncos. Anyway, Tommy, we spoke uh, with Clarkey the other day about his takeaway points from the trials at the weekend. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. What stood out most for you? And I guess, can we read into anything that we saw at the weekend going forward into this week and then also into round one? Yeah, well, first of all, it's just great to see footy. Uh, thank God that Fox Sports have taken the initiative this year and showing all the trials because couldn't believe the amount of Twitter talk and just everyone was getting into it. It was almost like the opening rounds. So it was great to see. 
I suppose it was takes in every game, wasn't there, really? A lot of good cheap options that we didn't know a lot about and they played quite well. But overall, do you think perhaps we're looking too much into these trials? Because historically, trials haven't mattered too much. Just because they're on TV, does it mean they matter more? Probably not. But, I mean, to your point about people caring a hell of a lot more, it's understandable when, you know, you've got, a, I guess, a bonus couple of rounds of footy to watch and... Am I reading too much into it myself? Probably not. I think the injuries are the the main thing, and obviously we saw Hayes Dunst to go down, and it's sad that he's going to miss a lot of footy this year, and suspensions as well. Fui Maiano, the obvious one there, but Braden Trindle as well, going to miss a couple of weeks. So while we say they don't matter, these games, they kind of do because they're impacting who's going to be there for round one and beyond. So uh, anyway, there's uh, eight more games to get to this week, uh, and looking forward to those. You can catch all those fixtures. Uh, we posted them this, this evening on our Instagram, at supercoach365. You'll find all of them. Uh, team lists aren't out as we record this, Tommy, but uh, I guess we can sort of speak to the games anyway. And the first one kicks off uh, Manly and the Raiders. Friday night, 6 p.m., a doubleheader up at Gosford. This one, the first on the card. Yeah, well, Canberra was quite entertaining the other night. We played a lot of, well, a fair few of our first grade players. I thought Savage was pretty good in the first half and then Charm stood up in the second half. So the fullback uh, role is going to be interesting. Uh, for Manly, Turbo looked pretty good in a short stint as well, didn't he? He did. Uh, he only played, I think it was just on 40 minutes. And the fact that Paps is out, it's going to have people thinking that they need Turbo. Because, I mean, we saw only twice. It took him two and a half minutes to have a try assist. And then he was sort of, I won't say quiet, but he was kept relatively under wraps for 38 minutes after that until just on half time where he lays on a try. And it was in typical Tom fashion of what we came to see last year. So if that's what he's producing again, I know it's against the West Tigers, but he looks in every bit the same mood to go on and, and have a similar year, if not even better year to what we saw last year. And that's pretty scary. Yeah, it was quite ominous. And I'm currently in the boat of not having him not to give too much away, but I don't have him in my team and it is scary. You know, you know that the percentage of people that do have him are going to get some big scores and you're going to miss out on them. But 1.2 mil, it's a stiff ask. Yep. Uh, uh, steep price indeed. And obviously Garrick and DC looked pretty good the other night as well. So uh, Manly doing Manly things already. They'll be trying to do it again this weekend. Uh, after that though, the 8pm kickoff, the Roosters and the Tigers. The Roosters played a pretty young team the other day, so what you say about can we read too much into trials? I don't think you can read anything into that result against the Raiders the other day, but the Tigers, I'll be looking to prove a point here with a real bounce back because if they lose a couple of games on the trot before a ball's kicked, really, for round one, they're going to be under a heap of pressure before round one. Yeah, they probably will be. Um, probably wouldn't be deserved from trial match four, but you just know that the media and their fans are going to be quickly up them. Um, but yeah, the Roosters, they pretty much played nobody the other day. So I'm expecting to see a fair few big names, you'd think, this Friday night. Yeah, um, I think we're expecting those teams later. I think we recorded Thursday last week and we had all those teams on hand. So maybe towards the back end of this week. Otherwise, though, uh, a couple of... Well, I was going to say a couple of winners, but one team won. One team had a draw. Saturday afternoon, the Warriors and the Titans... Is this a preview for one of the early round clashes? I think these te- these two teams meet pretty early inside the first three rounds. So I guess we could get a glimpse here of what that early season form looks like. This one at Redcliffe. So Saturday afternoon, we're hoping we get a dry track. Sydney's copying a beating, maybe Redcliffe not. But the Warriors, what, did you like what you saw from the Warriors against the Storm? Yeah, I thought they were quite promising. Um, I'm pretty keen on them to start the year. They've got a nice 
easy run, which a lot of people have spoken about. So I'd like to see, you know, another good performance this weekend for the Titans. I don't know. Is Dave Fafita a chance? I know he had that rib cartilage injury in the All-Stars, but I'm pretty sure he's back for round one. I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, rolled out on Saturday. Yeah, I'm probably looking at him and obviously Campbell and Sexton to back up. They played some minutes the other night as well. And for the Warriors, Sean Johnson, I don't know if he'll play, but again, I know he's someone that you're keen on early. And then obviously that question mark around who plays 5'8 and fullback in Reese Walsh's early season absence. So we might get a couple of more answers there Saturday afternoon. Otherwise, uh, the evening game, the twilight game, the Panthers and uh, the Eels, this one back out at Panthers Stadium. So first time they'll play footy there since I think these two sides met last, was it June, July, before the competition was uh, moved to Queensland. Obviously, Mitchell Moses missed that goal after full time. That would have broke Panthers' winning run. Anyway, besides that, this is a trial, but I guess the Battle of the West, we get an early glimpse here in uh, week two of the trials. Yeah, exactly right. It's been a long time since they've been at Panthers, so that'll be good to see. Um, obviously, not going to be playing this weekend, but Nathan Cleary, have we heard any more about his status for round one? I haven't personally. I mean, I'm still, I'm hoping he's there. I think he came out actually during the during the uh, was it late last week before the trials, and he said he's a bad watcher, like he hates watching Penrith play. So if that's any indication that he'll be doing his utmost to be back there for round one, uh, just on the Panthers playing back at home, uh, I think we made a post a couple of weeks ago now on our Instagram about Panthers winning run at home. By the time they get to round one, uh, that first game obviously against the Seagulls. It would have been 955 days that they hadn't lost an NRL game at home. So don't tell me that this game means nothing to them. And they're going to want to keep that winning run at home intact, even though it is a trial game, of course. But um, they'll, I mean, they'll be playing hard, I think. And obviously, Isaac Tago, probably the big name to come out, or not a big name, but the big result to come out for Super Coaches from that win over the Sharks the other day. Yeah, the Penrith backline is actually quite an interesting watch because there's a few spots there and a couple of cheapies. I thought uh, Sean O'Sullivan the other day was pretty good as well. They're kind of talking him up as the Cleary replacement if Cleary can't make round one. Yeah, and obviously yeah, he was pretty good and he's had that NRL experience before at the Warriors and you liked him at the Warriors last year. Then they brought in Chad and then I think Sauce went missing. So anyway, um, I don't know if he's, he's not quite on Cleary's level but neither is Kurt Falls and he's probably the next in line behind uh, O'Sullivan. So Penrith, that considered, I think Cleary will be doing everything to be back for round one and then probably the pick of the games this weekend I guess going off tradition and heritage would be the charity shield Saturday night this one out at Mudgee great fixtures and uh, sorry great facilities out there at Mudgee and do we get to see Latrell this week I think we do yeah is he back that's good if he is news to me but um I did look at the teams earlier I forget if his name was there but he they did look pretty strong I think Cameron Murray was not playing but other than that it was a pretty strong side Jay Arrow in the uh, in the back row not sure if the Dragons team is out either, but I think the Dragons, it's an important game for them. They wouldn't want to get blown off the park before a ball is kicked this year. Correction. Latrell's not there, unfortunately. I think he's got a sore back, but Blake Taff will be there. I didn't think so. Jersey won. <laughs> and interestingly, interestingly, though, I should say, Dean Hawkins, Jersey 14, Lock and Ilias, Jersey 7. So Hawkins was the 7 the other day, and I know they probably want to get some uh, metres in Ilias's legs, but... The fact that Hawkins retains that 14, it worries me because a lot of players, including myself to this point, will carry Taff at halfback behind a Cleary or a Hines or someone else. If they're going to preference Hawkins at 14, do you think, when Latrell's back and fit, or will that jersey go to Taff? Because that's going to be, it's going to wreak havoc for super coaches. 
Yeah, well, I'm in the same boat as as you. I've got Taff there as my backup halfback. And look, I'm kind of just hoping that he gets a spot in the team after the trial is back because like he's played a grand final. He was pretty good in the in the semi-final series last year. I think if he has a pretty good game round one, I think he'll find a spot in the 17. It's just like that bad lingering smell that's sitting there though, isn't it? Like not so much for this week. I get it this week as a trial, but the fact that even when Taff and Ilias are both there, that they're still wanting to carry that utility for mine. I'm just, I don't know. It just concerns me a little bit because if Ilias is to go down or vice versa, maybe they do call to Hawkins again. So anyway, watch that space for South. The Dragons, what do you make of the Dragons the other day? I thought Tyrone, sorry, Tyrell Sloan, not Tyrone, Tyrone. Uh, Tyrell Sloan was pretty good. We expected that from him and from what we've seen from him already in the NRL, he's, he's got all the makings of a first grader. Yeah, they looked a different team when he was at fullback. I'm not sure why Cody Ramsey started there. I, I think it's absolutely no-brainer that Sloan will get that fullback jersey. And, yeah, he really does look a good star of the future. Probably don't have high hopes for the Dragons this year, but I think he will be a standard. And will we see Zach Lomax this weekend? I think we will. I don't know, mate. You're telling a story. Uh, we'll check on that while we uh, look at the next game here, the Cowboys and the Broncos. This one, four games on Saturday. So this one, a 9 p.m. kickoff Sydney time. Cowboys and Broncos from Mackay, so 8 p.m. kickoff uh, up in Queensland. Again, no team list handy for now, but the Cowboys, they did what they had to do the other day against the, I won't say depleted South, so it was definitely under strength. And the Broncos, they fought back to get a draw. Asako with that clutch conversion at the end. What does that do, do you think, for Asako going into this I guess his real last exhibition to to show that he deserves a place in his team because otherwise he probably would have been the odd man out, I think. Yeah, look, I don't know if it was a good kick at the end, but I don't think it will really uh, change much. I saw some whispers he might be looking at going to para to uh, to fill in their holes in the back line. So, look, I don't know. I don't really think he's flavor of the month there at Brisbane. I think Selwyn Cobbo was training a fullback today, I read on Twitter. Yeah, and that itself will uh, excite super coaches as well. well. Just on Asako, I mean, you've, we've said it a couple of times to each other that he's got all the talent in the world, just doesn't put it together consistently enough. And But when he does, he could be anything. I think he could be a good signing for someone. Maybe it's just not working at Brisbane. I don't know. But if someone like a para wanted to pick him up, I honestly think he still has some good footy in him. He's, on his day, like you say, he can be a dynamic player. He just has a few errors in his game. Yeah, so if he can get some footy this year and then before he heads to Redcliffe. But it, it, I think it would be a shame, especially for Redcliffe, sorry, the Dolphins, uh, if he's not playing NRL this year because you don't really want to carry someone that hasn't played top-line footy for 12 months. Anyway, uh, the Storm and the Knights, Saturday, or rather Sunday evening, 5.45pm kickoff on Sunday. This one at uh, Mars Stadium at Ballarat. Storm and the Knights. Storm, I don't know what sort of team they roll out, but I think the thing that caught my eye most, and I said this to Clarky the other day, was the amount of minutes and the intent that Cameron Munster showed when he was on the field. He looks like he really wants to prove a point. Yeah, and we, we kind of talked him up in the offseason, didn't we? Well, there was a lot of media around him anyway, that he was going to be a real redemption story this year and try to get back to his best. And he pulled his best foot forward on, uh, on Saturday. He looked really good for the Knights. I thought Ponga looked okay. They kind of looked how I thought they were the Knights, a bit clunky in attack. Kurt Mann was probably quite involved, wasn't he? Yep. Uh, message you, and I know in the past we've sort of been back and forth on Mann about, is he good even? Is he worthy of an NRL spot? But I think he played something like 25 minutes yesterday and he had 15 possessions. 
So you, you take into account that half of the time they're on the field, he probably doesn't have the ball. The Knights don't have the ball. He's essentially had 15 touches in, in 12 minutes. So that says to me that he's he's almost going to be like the halfback. And they sort of need that from someone, don't they? Because between Clune and Clifford, both of them relatively new to the club, Mann will play a role there this year. So I'm actually starting to come around to the idea at Kurt Mann, even in the centres, 5-8, it doesn't matter. He's dual position. It's going to be a, a great option for super coaches. Yeah, it's... He, I hadn't really thought of him until yesterday, but then his performance, I suppose it did catch the eye a little bit. I am thinking, what if his minutes, could they add into uh, Randall's minutes at nine, perhaps? Yeah, it's a fair point. And I guess that was the question uh, when Braley first went down was, will it be Randall? Will it be uh, Mann, obviously? Or will it be someone else, a Phoenix Crossland even? So I don't know. I think everyone's gone to Randall and understandably so at the price, but maybe it's not as good as a buy that we, we may think it is. So... Anyway, we'll come to learn that very quickly in uh, once the season kicks off. And the last game here, Sunday night, 7pm, Cronulla Sharks versus the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. This one back at Shark Park at Cronulla. So first time we're seeing footy back at uh, the old Shark Park for some time. Obviously, Cronulla been away for two years. So good chance to see some footy back at their real home ground. Yeah, exactly right. Pretty keen for this one. Hopefully we can see some of the Sharky stars. It was pretty much a reserve grade 10 the other day that they've they threw out there. Um, the doggies were interesting last night. What did you make of their their effort? I thought Dufty was quite good. Yeah, Dufty did what he had to do. I mean, the thing with these trials is, is you, you would almost like to see the NRL players come on in the second half because you get so excited to watch 80 minutes of footy and really you watch the first 40 and then you may as well turn it on to Marriott at first sight because you don't really get much in that second half. Did The, the Knights didn't score a point in the second half yesterday. So for mine... We said this the other day in our Knights preview. I think we said they averaged 17.9 points per game last year. How are they going to improve that this year? And already, I know it's a trial. Don't don't knock up. But already, they've had one goal at it this year and they scored 16. So I'm just saying, points will be hard to come for for the Knights this year. I'll ask you about the Bulldogs. You talk about the Knights. I know you hate the Knights this year, but come on, mate. Sorry, Leave let the me Knights go. fans alone in a little bit. Let me answer your question. The Bulldogs. I thought they were okay. To be honest, I thought Pangai Jr. was probably a little bit disappointing. I think we probably were hoping to see a 7.5 and, and 8 out of 10. We probably got a 6. But I've said to anyone who's asked me today, was I, you know, am I cold on him? Am I off him? Am I going to drop him? Wait and see. He, I very may out well. But to those who want to hold him, I'd say he didn't have Burton and he didn't have Naden there beside him. So he's probably trained the whole summer with those two, either inside and outside, and we didn't see that in his 35, 40 minutes. So that's what I took away from it anyway. Yeah, there's lots more factors there. I don't think you can just sack someone off one trial game, really. like That's what I was saying before, going a little bit too deep at times. And I think he's probably just trying to overplay his hand a little bit in the absence of the, the bigger names. So yeah, once Burton's there, I think you'll see a better Pangai. I will say, though, if you need to sack him to get someone in by the name of Tom Travojevic, I'm all for it. Anyway, Tommy, let's leave it there on, uh, I guess, last week. This week, we'll obviously chat the fallout from all of those games uh, maybe late on Sunday night, maybe early next week once we sort of can digest it all. Between that and, uh, well, between now and then, though, let's just plug this one more time. This is our Supercoach 365 group code, of course. Uh, We're doing this this year. Join that group code. You see these numbers on your screen there. 576855. This is our overall group code. I think we're pushing either upwards of 700 or close enough to win $100. Absolutely free to play. Just follow us on the social medias at Supercoach365. Tommy, I know you're in that. 
the Doja Cats, your team. We're going to get to them very, very soon. But what are you, uh, what are you making of the the Cats this year? Can they go all the way in the overall comp? Yeah, well, last year I feel like I started slow and uh, a couple of rookie errors cruel me. One week I didn't set a captain properly and that just screwed me over. So this year, a lot more attention to detail, <laughs> no silly errors like that, and I think it will put me in good stead. I remember, I think, and there was one week as well beside that, you captain Ryan Madison and I think he got concussed. Was that the game against the Storm yeah. in the wet? I don't know, anyway. You've had some bad luck and you still managed yeah. to finish, I think it was top six, top seven percent. So you could have uh, it could have done worse. Yeah, it wasn't a horror show, but uh, uh, you were, I think, top one, weren't you? So you'd be looking to go uh, take it all the way this year, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, 50K would be nice, but a uh, long way to go. <laughs> We've got to get the team right first, so uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, before we do that, though, let's quickly throw to this break because I need to have a sip of water. I've been uh, gibbering here already. Uh, top Sport, proud to support us again in season 2022 and uh, great to have them on board. So... Uh, We'll be back after this break. Our team reveals. Don't go anywhere. Having a bet on the racing this week? Top this. With Top Sport's best of the best multis, top odds are guaranteed. Place a best of the best multi during Saturday Metro meetings for the top flux or dividend from the best three national totes. Plus, there's best of the best to win up to five grand too. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Supercoach 365 podcast. The moment you've all been waiting for, really. I mean, as I said, Tommy, we've been talking teams and positional previews for probably close to five, six weeks now. But I guess the real reason why everyone's here is to hear our thoughts and our teams. So let's uh, let's get straight into it. And we're going to start with your team here. We've already uh, briefly mentioned them, the Doja Cats. Yeah, well, I pretty much knew all off season, I was going to put McGuinness in my side. Whether it would be at hooker or second row was a real question. I went with hooker in the end. I think Harry Grant's absence in round one was a big factor in that. But yeah, I'm just keen on McGuinness. I'm keen on the Sharks this year. My only, I suppose, point I'm scared about a little bit is if the injury has maybe maybe cruelled his minutes a little bit and we could see him go off this year. Hopefully not. If he's an 80-minute player, I really think he'll be close to a 70 to 80-point player every week. So I'm pretty confident on Cam McGuinness. Yeah, and every reason to be confident. Of course, we saw what he could do going back to 2020. Speaking of uh, big fellas up front with big motors, how about these two, Payne Haas and Adam Fanul Blake? Tell us about these two. Yeah, well, Haas, I think he's a pick and stick. I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Last time I checked, it was over 50% ownership. Fanul Blake, I only put him in the other day, um, probably a little bit. I thought his performance on Saturday was good. I like the Warriors' starts of the year, as I've said a few times. Um, so I, I'm keen to have two big scorers there. I think Fanil Black played big minutes, and yeah, I'm pretty keen on both of those guys. I can't help but see a pair of Sharks on your bench, Andrew Fafida and Jay Martin at the bottom dollar price. Yeah, well, honestly, with a lot of these uh, bench spots, they're going to change next uh, teamless Tuesday. Because if I can find some cheapies playing, well, they'll be getting in the spots. Um, for Fida, just a big name, and hopefully you can get a spot. I don't even know who J Martin is, to be honest with you. So he's just a placeholder waiting for uh, waiting for someone to fill the void. Now, this time last year, I know when we spoke about how we were going to put our teams together, you have historically favoured these bigger 80-minute players in the back row, of course, David Fafita, Angus Crichton, two of those. The name which stands out for me here is Wade Graham. You were big on him in our 2RF preview. 
He's made the team $354,000. He's got a point to prove in 2022, doesn't he, Wade Graham? Yeah, it was just the poll I found, really. Um, looking back at his scores, probably in the past four to five years, he was generally averaging in the mid-50s. Last year was a write-off with injury. Um, that is still a factor this year, let's be honest, with Wade. He's quite an injury-prone player, and he's had a lot of concussion as well. So you're kind of hoping that he can stay fit and on the field. But uh, if he does, 354000 is a pretty good price. As for Crichton and Fafita, I think their stats speak for themselves. Fafita was incredible last year with his scoring and Crichton. You can just set your watch to him. He's incredible. Yeah, and I know that you'll be hoping for much of the same from those two. And I guess given what we've seen already in the All-Stars from Fafita and historically from Crichton, you probably don't have too much to worry about there. Talk to me, though, because at their high price, you obviously come with an expectation that they're going to deliver week in, week out. Have you put this team together with, the, I guess, the anticipation or the hope even that you're not going to have to trade these guys in and out and all, out and in? They're almost set and forget picks. And I guess going against the, the grain here and stuck, stacking a lot of money in the 2RF slot still, despite what we've seen last year with the rule changes and such. Pretty much. Uh, pick and seek mentality with those guys. I'm hoping that they're, you know, averaging around the 70-point mark. There's no need to get rid of them. Um, obviously, I'm going to try and stockpile a lot of the trades for the origin period, and maybe I'll have to make some tough decisions around then. But, yeah, like you said, you'd be hoping for the first, you know, six to eight weeks, you won't be touching many of the guys we've just spoken about. You can say exactly the same about the next bloke there. Let's shift down to your halfback here, Nathan Cleary, $949,000. You haven't been deterred by that massive price. But in saying that, you've paired him up with Blake Taff, halfback, fullback, dual position eligible. For me personally, I think this is going to be a very, very popular combination. Yeah, it is. And I've said all along, really, I think if clear is fit, you need to have him because he's just so much better than the next best option at halfback. But obviously that little red symbol there next to his name about whether he will play or not is huge. Um, If he's not there, I, I don't know, I might have to, just sub him out and cop a trade when he gets back in. I don't know because uh, I don't really want to run Taff as my sole halfback. Yeah, and I don't think many would, to be honest. And I guess you're paying that premium for Cleary on the assumption that he is there for round one. If he's not, though, talk to me about who comes into this team to partner Blake Taff or do you shift Taff and you go for two mid-range options? I'm thinking straight away names which pop out. Uh, Nico Hines, uh, Jerome Hughes, or maybe even it's uh, you, you look to Manly's Daily Cherry Evans and his combination there at Manly and, and scoring points and such. Or do you go around those three all entirely and you go for someone like a Toby Sexton up at the Gold Coast Titans? No, I probably was going to say uh, Jerome Hughes for me. I think good fixture to start against the Tigers. Obviously, they're missing a few big names, but that could work in his favour because he may have to get more ball and control the team a little bit more. So, yeah, if Cleary isn't there, I'll probably pivot the hinds and then back to Cleary with the money, I'm assuming, I'm hoping anyway. Yeah, still a bit of a wait and see at this stage, isn't it? Uh, let's move on to the 5-8 slot here, and obviously a cheap pick there with Lachlan Ilias. You'll see him at the backup slot. But I want to talk to you more about Sean Johnson. I know that you've been big on him so far in the preseason, you've been big on the Warriors as well. What is it about SJ that you like heading into round one? Yeah, well, the big negative that you mentioned a few weeks ago was the goal kicking. That is big up in the air, and I really hope he does get the goal kicking. But Walsh has been striking them pretty well. He's not there around one, but 
Discounting that, I'm still pretty keen on Sean Johnson. I thought last year he was good for the Sharks. Injury ravaged season. If he can stay a little bit or have a little bit more luck this year, I'm pretty keen he can have a good shot at it. Uh, the first three games for the Warriors are very good, as a lot of people have alluded to. So I'm hoping he can start the season well. And if he can make me a little bit of money and I can make some money elsewhere, I'll probably look to move to Munster in the in the first few weeks after that. Yeah, I think given the fact that Munster is out for round one, it certainly opens that position up. And obviously Cody Walker is very expensive and we, we still don't know what that looks like for South Sydney without Adam Reynolds there. So going to someone at a pod play like a like a Sean Johnson here, $462,000, I think he could do far worse than SJ. You might get that to my 5-8 in just a moment's time. Uh, let's move on to the CTWs here because this is a Pandora's box. There is just so many options here, so much value that you could find. Now, you've picked out a couple of names here that are more common amongst some teams, but I want to start with Jesse Ramian there from the Sharks. That's certainly a pod play to start. Yeah, well, this is this. I found this the hardest position this year. I usually do find it the hardest, but this year especially. Um, I had Toe in my team for a long time, taking him out, just... I don't know, he freed up a lot of cash and he gave me a lot more options. Jesse Ramian, uh, I think he's a bit of a diamond in the rough, 1% owned, really good base stats to the back end of last year. Keen on the Sharkies, as I said a few times, so I'm happy with him. Stags speaks for himself at the price. I think he has to be in most teams, really. And then you've got Targo and Penasini, who are both pretty much uh, guaranteed spots in good sides. And um, one I'll mention as well, Oliver Gildart, this is a bit of a, a roughie as well. I don't really know much about him. He's coming from the English Super League, a bit of a rap on him. So kind of hoping he'd do something for me. Yeah, I think the West Tigers would be hoping the same as well from Gildart. And obviously he's got that connection there with uh, Jackson Hastings, who wasn't there at that trial last week. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just a bit of a wait and see with Gildart. $280,000 there. It gives you some leeway. You can either you know downgrade to uh, Joseph Sawali springs to mind or a Taylor May there from the Penrith Panthers, who's currently not in your team. But I dare say that if he is there named for round one, he will very quickly make his way into your side. All right, Tommy, let's go to the back. James Tedesco and Ryan Pappenhausen, we see it there. Now, you've stuck with Pappenhausen, but there are some rumors swirling, like we said at the weekend, that he may not be fit for round one. How does that sway your thinking? Yeah, well, that's the big question, isn't it? Um, if Paps is out, it really throws us down in the works because I'm not in the position to obviously get to, to a turbo. I've only got... $2,000 left or something in my in my salary. So I might have to – I'm not sure who I moved to, really. I haven't thought about that. Um, Latrell would have been a good option, but he's out also. So, yeah, options are going to be quite thin at fullback if Paps is out. But, yeah, he's hoping I can run Teddy and Paps for the majority of the year in tandem. You're not the only one that will be hoping to do that. <laughs> Believe me, I think that's going to be the very popular pick. Assuming Paps is fit, of course, and I guess – when we put these teams together, we can only go off the latest information. And the latest, as we record this today, is that he is in a little bit of doubt. You mentioned Latrell there. He's obviously going to be popular if he was playing round one, but he's not. Reese Walsh, I think you could throw in the same basket. Where are we looking if Paps is out? Uh, you've obviously built this team with a budget in mind, so Turbo isn't there. But you, you can't even really fall to a Reese Walsh or do you go as far down as a Will Kennedy or a Jaden Campbell even? Matt Dufty was okay at the Bulldogs last night. I think, sorry, mate, I just think on the fullback situation, other options could be Ponga, but they're away to the Roosters round one. I don't think it's a very good fixture. Probably Clint Gutherson is maybe the next play. They're playing the Titans. He's a pretty consistent scorer. Maybe he could be the man to fill in while Paps is out. 
It's funny, isn't it? And it's crazy. Like even still, then while I'm thinking, I'm trying to think on the fly as to who would come in in that case. Clint Gutherson is just a name which continually seems to escape me, and, and I, yourself included. Uh, when we did our fullback previews, we we sort of went around Gutherson, and then we got to the point where we realised, hey, Gutho's actually right up there with a great option, but just seems to not grab those wraps like the other ones. All right, wrapping this up quickly, just looking at your team, you've obviously built this and you like the way it looks at the moment, but if you can change something, what would that be? Yeah, probably my CTW options. I'm very nervous about like Tago and Penasini. Um, yes, they're guaranteed spots in their team. You'd think that they're not really noted scorers yet anyway. They could easily come out and get 30 each. So I really don't know there. I'm pretty set on my forwards. I think all of those should be producing pretty good scores. Um and obviously, it's just going to come down to that teamless Tuesday. Hopefully, there can be a lot of, you know, absolute minimum price players who are on the bench or something that can just make us a little bit of money in the coming weeks. Absolutely. Uh, before we move on, I want to ask you, because I know originally you had Brian To'o in this team, uh, as opposed to taking David Fafida out, you've taken out Brian. I want to ask why you've done that, because... I mean, you stack them up. They're similarly priced. Brian, for a center wing option, has a great base. You just favored the two RF. He does, but I was looking at his scores a bit more in depth, and he did have a lot of tries last year. And look, obviously, Penrith Panthers, he's going to get a lot of tries uh, playing on that left wing. But I don't know. I kind of just rather go with Fafita, just a gut feel sort of thing. Um, I feel like he's probably less reliant on uh, the team going well. He can do things himself. Tor obviously has a good base, but like you said, two RFs are a lot stronger position than CTW historically, so I'm just kind of going back to that. Yeah, fair play, and obviously in years gone by, that's been the case. Last year, maybe not so much, so uh, wait to see how that plays out in 2022. Uh, let's get on to this, uh, my team now. Great to, I guess, get your initial thoughts there, Tommy, uh, and I'm sure that in a couple of weeks or at the end of this week, at least after the NRL trials in the build-up to round one, uh, that team may change a little bit. But for now, that's how it is. I like the look of it. It's hard to disagree with too much. And your pod plays are going to play pretty well, I dare say. Uh, let's get on to mine now. There we go. Bud's Battlers. Now, uh, this is with you. You see it there now. I've gone cheap. And maybe we try not to look at, at the fullback slot. But it's obviously going to be the talking point at the end of this. But let's start at the hookers, I think. Because... Uh, you're going to be uh, raising your eyebrows at this and obviously one of them probably not too much of a surprise there in Chris Randall, but the other one there, Carl Lawton, your initial thoughts on, on Carlos? <laughs> yeah, not the name I was uh, expecting. You know, we've done, we did our hooker preview a couple of weeks ago and never think of Carl Lawton really. Um, can you please explain? <laughs> it's almost like I'm on trial here. Uh, Carl Lawton, I think for mine... <laughs> I liked what I saw the other day in the trial. I think he had a couple of games throughout the origin period last year for Manly when they were missing some players, and he had some impact. He's come from the Warriors, and previous to that, the Titans, he has played hooker. So that's how he gets him in that hooker slot. But he does, uh, and I don't know, I don't even know his scores, to be honest. I haven't looked at them. But going off what I've seen already, and I think he's going to be that left-edge back row role in Schuster's absence. So give me six good weeks, Carl, and... I'm going to be very, very happy. So, again, I, I can't see his price here. There it is, 346000 I don't know if he's going to play 80, but even if he plays 60 and, and can do something on that left edge, you know he's always going to be in the game with Turbo hovering around. Yeah, look, look honestly, when I saw Wharton, I thought 
he must be dabbling in drugs or something. But then <laughs> I just that he scores last year when he was starting at 12 uh, at second row, which he did for five, six games and three scores above 75. So mm, not too bad. That. He did score on a couple of those occasions, but still, yeah, if he can produce that, you're not looking too bad. But on the flip side, you know, when you see the likes of Harry Grant, McInnes, hopefully, Reed Marty, you know, producing scores of 70 weekly, I don't know, you could be falling behind a little bit there, perhaps. I think it'll make sense while I pick why I've picked Carl Lawton when we uh, keep going here. Uh, in the in the front row slot, probably not too much different to you, Payne Haas there as well, but I've gone Paul Vaughan. Now, I've said don't throw the baby out with the bathwater around TPJ, but I was probably expecting a little bit more, and if he does play well, then maybe I shake things up again. But Paul Vaughan, much like Munster, I think he came out with a point to prove last night. I know it's only a trial. Again, I'll keep coming back to that. But he is playing for a contract beyond this year. And for mine, we know what he can do on his best day. He's an origin player. So Paul Vaughan for mine there. Cheapies at th- at this stage, sort of down that same train of thought. Max King for the Doggies. I thought he was pretty good last night as well. And Tepai Moiroa from the Melbourne Storm. So I think that's going to be two very popular cheapy picks there. Yeah, popular cheapies are uh, Payne Haas. We've already spoken about. Yeah, Paul Vaughan. I don't don't hate it at all. Um, I went AFB, but I, I see the merit in Paul Vaughan. He was good, even going back to his Raiders days. He's been a great player his whole career. Um, at a new club, playing for a contract, like you said, you might get the best out of him. And I don't know how he will combine with uh, Marshall King or Beyond Diodo for that point, but I like Josh Cook out of dummy half last night. So if he can burst onto the scene and. Again, it's easy to compare him to Damien Cook, given the last names and coming from South Sydney. But he has worked with Damien. And we've seen in Origin before Damien Cook dishing Paul Vaughan for tries. So again, maybe I'm drawing a long bow there. But he is a noted try scorer going back a few seasons anyway, Paul Vaughan. So um, hoping to tap into a little bit of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's quite a, he can be an attacking forward on his day, Paul Vaughan. I think this last few years, he's kind of going a bit stale at the Dragons. So yeah, I think the change of scenery could be really good for him. Um, your halfback, you've gone with me, Nathan Cleary. I have uh, Cleary and Taff, so the same sort of thinking there. And my thinking around that is, is I need Cleary. I think you just need him because I don't know who the next best is. Probably um, DCE, but again, I think we need to um, just wind it back to the fact that Cleary is the best player. And if he is out for one week, then I've got that, and, and I can cop that. If he is suddenly out for two or three, then I probably made a mistake. But for mine, I'm happy to put the money into Cleary because much like I said with you and those second row forwards of yours, Fafita Crichton, I don't see myself getting rid of Cleary at any stage. Maybe the origin weeks aside. No, he's going to be a hard player to remove. Um, I did get a little bit ahead of myself there. The uh, the two RFs, let's take you through those instead. Uh, Fafita Tupanua and Tango, however you say it. Uh, your thoughts there? My thinking around this, and obviously we've spoken about Fafita and he's sort of the out-of-the-box 2RF, and much like I couldn't bring myself to build a team around To'o or Garrick, so I went to Fafita, much like you. I think a lot of people will. I haven't gone Crichton. I'd love to go Crichton, but you can't have them all. And for mine, Tupanua was the next best because I want some Roosters assets besides, I guess, the obvious one at fullback. I don't have one. In this team, I've, I've played away from Kiri, who I was big on early, but the more I looked at it, the more I sort of went cold. Tupanua, I've said a couple of times, particularly around um, his draft value, 
I think he's going to be someone who slides, given people will look at his average from last year, but he played a hell of a lot of footy last year in the centres and on the wing at times as well. So if he can link up with Kiri down that right side, you look at his first three scores from last season, they were huge. Yeah, Otherwise, no, I, I was sorry, go on. keen, sorry, mate, when you spoke about Tupanua a few weeks ago on our position podcast, I think it was, or when we were talking about the Roosters, I'm in agreement with you. Last year, he was a Mr. Fix-It for them. They had so many injuries most games, and he was having to play out in the wing position, like you said, or in, in the centre. So if he can have more consistent run in jersey 11 or 12, I think you'll see some good scoring from him. And Isaac Dungor, um, besides uh, some other options there around the mid-range price, I just feel like... Again, a lot of players will play him through the centres, which I get, and to be honest, I'd probably rather do that. But there's not really other many 80-minute players at the 2RF slot around that price, 287000 So I think I was big with uh, with you on Wade Graham when you when you brought it up. But that's an extra you know $60,000 that I just couldn't find. Uh, on the bench, probably no surprises, Pierre Cora, Trevojevic, Ben, and uh, Jack Howarth of the Storm. So anyway, back to the uh, halfback slot there. Sort of already went through that. Cleary and Taff and the halves partner there. We've already spoken a little bit about him at the top, Kurt Mann. Yeah, um, Kurt Mann. He's someone that, for me, he's almost like a, I can never pick him again. I don't know. I feel like he kind of burnt me a little bit last year. Mainly draft, I had him, and he just produced some shocking games, I thought. Um, yeah. I do see the merit in it because, like, last night, yes, against the Bulldogs in that trial match, he was quite involved and I think that got a lot of people excited and you know, the Knights don't have a lot of great attacking options other than Ponga so yeah maybe Kurtman does step up and become more of a focal point for Don't get me wrong I hate the Knights and to be fair I don't really love Kurtman either but he's there because he's dual he can somehow do a role at 5.8 for me for a few weeks while Munster's out and maybe Cody's price is too much I, I mean I'd, I'd probably like to go SJ but I don't think he kicks goals so for mine, if I can get 50 out of Kurtman for a couple of weeks, maybe that's going to do me some good. And then if, if he is playing that sort of hands-on halfback sort of role as well, then he may get the odd attacking stat. For what it's worth, their, their first three games, I think they play inside the first three. They play the Roosters round one and maybe the Panthers round three. I'm realistic. He could be standing under the sticks for 40 minutes. Like They could be conceding 40, 50 points in both of those games. So while I'm hoping for base, I might not get it. Could be looking very silly. Second five eight, Lachlan Elias, probably no surprises there. Yeah, I think what you said there about man is right. You know, it, it's a risky play, but there could be a reward there. But like you said, they've got a tricky start and we're not too keen on the night. So I am surprised you've gone down that route, but I, I can see why you've done it in a minute. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess otherwise, uh, we'll move on to the center wings here. And again, some questions around this. And I guess the obvious one there is you look at the team logos, there's three of the same logo and three of a team that. I don't think I'm tipping to make the top eight this year, and that's obviously the Broncos. Katoni Stags, probably the obvious one. Jordan Pereira at the price, I'm willing to give a go. And then you mentioned this in the news at the top, Tommy, about Selwyn Cobbo. Training at fullback today, that made my ears prick, so I've got him in as, as recent as this afternoon. Yeah, Cobbo is probably a guy that, if he is playing fullback, I may look to try and get him in my team, perhaps in the last few days before the season starts because I think he could be a good asset. I really like how he plays. And if he's playing fullback, he might get some good scores. Uh, yeah, Stags, like we said, Pereira. I couldn't believe he's, he's 29, Pereira. I didn't believe he was so old. He's been around for a while. Uh, Coates, what do you think of him? Um, obviously, last year he was 
he was an okay scorer when he scored tries, but he had no base stats. Uh, do you think he could maybe change a little bit at Melbourne Storm? I hope so. I mean, that's why I've picked him, 358,000. I think he'll be better once uh, once Paps is back. And I'm not saying he's uh, Addo Carr-like, but he, he does have that potential on that left edge to just take advantage of the good work that's been done inside him. So uh, we didn't have to wait too long to see that the other day against the Warriors. I think it was less than five minutes and he had a try with his first touch. So Coates for mine, I want some Storm assets. What about just looking at this team here? I don't think I have one. If, particularly if Pappenhausen uh, doesn't make my team, which he, uh, spoiler alert, he's not there for round one. For those listening, you can't already see it. Uh, but, yeah, codes for mine, his base is the question. Again, Blind Freddy can see he doesn't like taking hit-ups, but I want a try-scorer, and they play the Tigers. He could bag a hat-trick in round one. Oh, yeah, he's he's that sort of player, I think, especially now playing for the Storm. He, he's always had that raw talent. And going from the Broncos to Storm is a massive lift, and he's going to be on the end of a great attacking play. So I can see why people have him in their team. I just went around him because of his lack of base, but it may not matter. He might be like an auto car and score four tries. Remember there was a point where base mattered with CTWs? I think last year we learned it doesn't. So for mine, again, I'm probably happy to go with Coates as opposed to... Uh, I mean, I looked at Lomax. I looked at... Um, Sloan even playing fullback if he used to play fullback for the Dragons and get him in the centres but I've gone with Coates I think 350,000 he can do better than that at the Melbourne Storm and then obviously on the bench you've already mentioned Pereira that I've got there I've got Taylor May and Paul Alamotti just purely at the price Alamotti I don't know if he gets a run this year but if he doesn't I'm not too disappointed and uh, Taylor May 252,000 we're hoping he gets that right wing spot but again that's a wait and see yeah, a few wait and sees in the back line for me as well. All right, let's go to the fullback role, the most important slot in Supercoach, I think. <laughs> and I laugh because it's uh, it's probably a, a reveal to some and not so much a surprise to others who have been looking at it for the last 10 minutes. James Tedesco, captain for round one as it stands, and on the bench at a cool 1.2 million, Tom Travojevic. I've spoken all summer saying you can't have him for round one. But here's my thinking. This is purely on the news that Paps may be out, right? So if Paps is in, this team probably looks a hell of a lot different. But going off my, my gut feel from tonight, if Paps is out, then you've got to go to Turbo. You can't have Luttrell because he's not there for round one. For mine personally, I can't have Walsh either for the same thinking. I can't bring myself to go to a Hines because I don't know what he's going to dish up at halfback. And my thinking was, if, if you look at who they play in each of the first three weeks, yes, Turbo has a tough couple of games against uh, the Roosters and the Panthers, obviously. But would you be surprised if he put on 150, 170 against the Dogs in round three and suddenly he loses 100k, 50k maybe, when Hines is probably going to lose that anyway? So my thinking is, I'm going to be happy to cop the price loss. I know he's losing money. Call me mad for losing money in three rounds. But I'd be worried for three weeks watching 240 minutes of football without having Tom Travojevic. I just can't bring myself to do it. It's fair enough. Oh, I know what you're saying. Um, the Bulldogs point is a big one. The fact that he plays Bulldogs round three, he may not even lose that much money if he has a big score. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously, Teddy and Turbo, it's incredible fullbacks to have. Yeah, but I can see straight away, you know, where you've paid for it. You've paid for it with Carl Lawton. You've paid for it with Kurt Mann. But you're obviously willing to take that risk and you're just hoping that those guys can jack some scores and kind of make up for them. Yeah, again, and a lot of this will be dependent 
come to that Tuesday in a couple of weeks' time, if Carl Horton's on the bench and, and Kurt Mann is not playing many minutes this week in a trial or he doesn't look as good, then maybe I rip this apart. But again, going off what I've seen in the first week of the trials and for now, it only took two minutes for Tom Travojevic to make his, to make an impact. And I can't sit through 240 minutes watching Tommy Death riding him. I think I'm just going to try and bring up his scores here. Uh, score against the Storm last year, round 21. We all thought that, you know, that would be the big test for Tommy. Uh he got an 87, so not his best score. But look at the weeks either side of that. A 226 against the Sharks and 179 against the Eels. The Eels, I think, were one of the better defensive teams last year. So when he's doing that to teams, I don't know. I'd just be I'd be hesitant to not have him for three weeks. It was ridiculous scoring, and I'm looking at it now as well, and, you know... He more regularly got over 100 than he got under. He's like most weeks, he was over 100, over 200, three times. But can he, is he going to do that again? Really? Like, it's pretty rare for someone to be in that sort of form two seasons in a row. Like, I hope he can for, for the sake of just watching him. But I just don't think he can produce that sort of level of scoring again, personally. But look, good luck to him. No, again, it's a question mark. But would you rather find out the hard way? And, and be burnt, and he comes out and churns out, you know, 100, 100, 150. And, I mean, he has to average 140 those first three weeks. If he gets a 90 and an 80 against the Panthers and the Roosters, and you're telling me he needs, I'm just doing some quick maths in my head, 90 plus 80 is 170. If he needs to then produce a, even if he gets 100 and he gets a, a one, uh, 270 and he misses his BE, by 50 points. Again, I'm probably doing some Rain Man shit in my, here in my head. I don't think he's losing as much money as we think he is. And yes, he will have a big BE going forward, but you've got to weigh it up. How many weeks can you go without Turbo? Look at their run, Manly, that is. After those first four weeks, it opens up something crazy, and I just feel if I if I go to Hines and he's not making money, or Paps, if he's back, I just I'm just burning a trade either way. I'd just rather not do it. Yeah, it it sounds dramatic what I'm about to say, but I almost feel like whether you're not whether or not sorry you run turbo, it could make or break your season really because your team here, you know, if turbo doesn't fire or he gets injured, like you're in a world of pain. And on the flip side, if he's playing ridiculous and I don't have him in my team, well, I'm missing out on so many points. So it's quite a big decision at the start of the year, isn't it? It is. Um, I'm on my phone here, Tommy. So I might just. Uh ask you to uh to look this up but who do they play rounds five six seven eight if you can just take a minute um i'll just uh have a look here i mean looking at the rest of this squad i'm not entirely happy but what you say there about playing to win this is a, this is a 17 a 25 squad that is playing to win tedesco trevojevic cleary fafita haas they're five big names for mine that I think if, and it's a big if, if the others can do a job around them, I think in, straight away in front of the pack I'm going to be. I think when we did our fullback preview, Tommy was about 8% owned. And I'd be interested to see what that looks like after this trial period because if he comes out and brains it again this week, then maybe that's upwards of 10, 15 even, and people are ripping their teams apart to get Turbo in. Yeah, and especially if Paps is out, that could also... Uh, boost the ownership, yeah. But your, your Seagulls fixtures, you know, after the Dogs in round three, you've got the Raiders round four, 
the Knights round five, that's a good game. Uh, the Titans round six, the Sharkies in round seven, and then the Rabbitohs round eight. So it's not the easiest run, but I would say there's some good fixtures in there as well. Yeah. Again, I just I keep coming back to how many weeks is it until I can get to Turbo if I don't start with him, and it's probably too many. And then if you don't have him by week eight, you're either cooked or you're in front. I don't know. I just I think I'd rather find out by having him and being burnt than not having him and, and trying to play catch up. I just don't think that's possible. Anyway, Tommy, that's it for our team reveals. Um, I need to have another drink because we've been talking too long here. But uh, on the other side of this break, we're going to get to some of the listener questions. We'll wrap it up uh, very soon after that. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Supercoach 365 podcast proudly brought to you again in season 2022 by topsport.com.au. Tommy, I text Tristan tonight. Tristan, uh, of course, the director, CEO, uh, Mr. Everything up there at Top Sport. And I said to him about our uh, Supercoach 365 Futures special, if you haven't already seen it, I'm not going to put the odds up on your screen tonight because they've just been blown out of the water and I didn't have time to make a new graphic, to be honest. They've changed every second day. Uh, our bet originally was Storm to make the top four. Uh, Roosters top six, Sharks top eight, Knights to miss the eight. It opened seven dollars, I think, about two, maybe two and a half weeks ago. It's now into four twenty. Tristan tells me punters are on to win upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. So I don't know about you, but I think that could mean a little bit of commission for the boys if Tristan walks away and if the Knights somehow sneak into the top eight because he's going to be a happy man. Hundred k punters stand to win. Or conversely, we've done him dirty and, and the, the punters are coming out on top. Hoping conversely for us and uh, for the punters. But, yeah, no, it's incredible the amount of support. Uh, I must admit $7 seemed like a gift to me, so I'm not surprised to see it come in uh, uh, at all. But uh, come in that much, maybe a little bit of surprise. But, yeah, cheer it on in our season 2022. I should say this. I'm on the punters because we're on this as well. And we are very much cheering this multi-home this year, not only for ourselves personally, but uh, for the punters, the listeners. Uh, and great to have you guys on board and let's all ride this together over the course of the next 28 weeks uh, on that Tommy topsport.com.au they've got a heap of other markets up so if you aren't already a customer I'd say go on have a look at them lots of fun ones that you won't get anywhere else about ladder positions team over and under a certain spot so for example the Sharks will they finish higher than 8.5 on the ladder or lower than that uh, you'll get heaps of value there and uh, I guess you can get all the other markets as well about where teams will finish top 4 top 8 tops well miss the top eight anyway check all that out topsport.com.au all under the rugby league market uh, we encourage you to do so responsibly if you are going to have a bet topsport.com.au thank you for your support again in season 2022 all right tommy let's wrap this up we've got a couple of questions here from the listeners we said that we're going to do our team reveal tonight a couple of talking points the uh the obvious one here let's start with max mh underscore priv Cleary and Turbo, the best duo for this year. Going off what we've spoken about the last 58 minutes, would you say that they are the best duo? I guess you'd have to. Last year's numbers speak for themselves. They were that far better than everyone else. It wasn't funny. But look, I think they'll probably be 
the best two players again, but I don't think by as far as they were last year. So, look, I've taken a risk and left Tewa out. Uh, Ryan's gone with both of them. We'll see. <laughs> funny, funny. I mean, we've done this again. I've said this. We've done our previews and such and different episodes for the last five, six weeks. And I don't think we've had a, a question about Turbo until this week. I guess a serious one because it's like people haven't even considered him. Of the questions here, and there's plenty of them, but I'm just going to cherry pick. I think 50% of them would have a question about Turbo and, and Turbo and Cleary particularly because they're two players that everyone seems to, to want to get in. Ryan Duffy, another one of those who asks, is weaker forwards to run Turbo and Cleary a good idea? I mean, we've sort of gone that route. I've gone with Isaac Dungor. You've gone with Wade Graham. So we've sort we've sort of done that. You haven't obviously got Turbo, but you've done so to, to get players like Cleary and Fafita and, and Payne Haas and some of those other big names. Yeah, I'll probably get Wade Graham's my only real cheap four. I'd probably rather go cheaper in the backs, to be honest, and just hope that they can jag tries. I'm I've always kind of been a fan of stacking the second row, and last year that didn't work. I'm kind of hoping this year it's a little bit back to normal. But uh, yeah, I've gone probably cheaper in the back in the uh, CTWs than in the fours. Speaking of, Shazza.04 asks us, how many cheapies should we start with? Again, what's, the, what's your definition of a cheapie, Thomas? Because for mine, it's probably someone who's 250 or less, maybe just a little bit over. Like Isaac Tungo, he's probably a cheapie bordering on mid-range, but Taylor May at 250, I'd say he's a cheapie. And anything less than that is probably a cheapie for mine. Yeah. Yeah, pretty similar parameters to you. I've pretty much got all my reserves as cheapies, if that helps, um, except for Ryan Pappenhausen. He's not a cheapie at 700000 <laughs> But, uh, yeah, other than that, Penasini and Tango, if you want to if you want to say he's a cheapie. But, yeah, not that many in my starting team. But, uh, yeah, plenty on the bench. Before we keep going, we've got 25-plus weeks of this. Can you give me an Isaac Tango? Isaac Tango. Brian <laughs> Toto. Right. Anyway, we'll Brian. just get, get a bit of consistency about that. Uh, let's finish this up. We've been going for an hour. Uh, last question here. Broncos, one and six positions. We've mentioned Cobo training at fullback today and Billy Walters, but are we sold on that? Again, I sort of, I took a stance and said, I think they should have Kelly for mine. He was their best half last year, and yes, he didn't beat a hot field, but what has he done wrong over the off-season? The one week he was away on rep duty, Walters starred at, at dummy half. Yeah, look, I, like I said before, I don't think there's that many good options there. Um, I think Cobbo would be good to watch at the start of the year at number one while Tessie New is out. I'm, I'm assuming Tessie New was leading the race there before he got injured. Uh, but, yeah, at six, I don't know. I think whoever they do pick, though, they should just try and stick because last year they changed their halves every week and it couldn't have helped. This year you've got a strong half back in Reynolds. I think you just need to have consistent six alongside him. I, I mean, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here. I said Kelly should be their six, but of the trial form I've seen and I guess past history considered, if you're not going Kelly, I think you go Ezra Mann. He's, he's much of the unknown, but he looks, when they when he's been on the field, he looks the most dangerous of any player in that Broncos team for mine. To be honest, seven days ago, I'd never heard of Ezra Mann. I thought it was George Ezra, that singer. So like, I've got no idea. Um, he did play pretty well the other night. And I keep saying Kelly and Gamble and Bolters aren't superstars. So he doesn't have to be that good to really make the team. Could Asako play six? He played a lot of his uh, junior footy for the Sharks in the under-20s at six. He was very good at six, to be honest, hands on the ball. We've seen him. He's got a little bit of a kicking game. He can definitely hit a field goal. 
Is he a real option or not? Am I just going way left field here? I don't think he's the worst option, honestly, because he has a bit of that X factor. If you've got a controlling halfback in Reynolds, someone like Osaka could have been a bit of fun. I honestly think it makes no difference now, but I honestly think Milford and Reynolds would have been a good halves pairing. Yeah. So probably picked the wrong year to get rid of Milford, didn't they? Yeah, fucking hell. Anyway, um, what could have been with, with Anthony Milford this year? Anyway, I mean, Katoni Staggs played six for Tonga and they beat Australia when Australia were point zero zero one. So a couple of options there, not traditional five eights, but um, options nonetheless. All right, Tommy, let's wrap this up. It's another big bumper episode. We're going to post these teams on our socials uh, tomorrow. Well, probably today is listening to this on Wednesday. But massive episode and uh, plenty to digest. Another big week of trials coming up. A big week. I think we'll see probably more NRL talent this week than we did last. And yeah, keen to uh, watch that and hopefully my players don't get injured. Between now and then, follow us at Supercoach365. Subscribe and turn your bell on on YouTube. I need to go over lay down. It's been a big episode. This is Ryan and Tommy, Supercoach365 podcast. See you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.